Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and uh, we, here we are. It's uh, March the 29th and we're all, uh, and not gardeners aren't necessarily isolated. We kind of like that time sometimes. We, we can self-isolate quite a bit. We uh, get alone with our peacefully or your tomato plant and you can cattle up with it. And it's actually good for your plants can to I, get can, close. Can I ask you a question then? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm hanging out here this morning waiting for... Uh, the Prime Minister's Address to the Nation at 9.15. Does talking to your plants or, you know, playing music for your plants, does it make a difference? Absolutely. They love karma, right? So, and if you talk to them, they say, like, the carbon dioxide, they breathe that in, oh. and then they'll give you something back. So really? Get okay. Oxygen. So, okay. So there you go. But so, you don't yes. want to yell at them, right? Don't yell at them. They don't okay. like that. Okay. They don't like that. No, and they actually, there was a study done, I think it was in Denmark or something, where they had, a, it, was a, it was in school, and the kids would yell and bully a plant in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And one they didn't, they praised it. Right. And the one that they praised and talked nicely did way better. And the one that they abused and, yeah. and bullied, it it was started to uh, diminish. So oh, okay. Learn something every day. Absolutely. Just, I'm just going to shut up here and wait until about 9.15 and then I'll jump in. Yeah, no, okay. when uh, the Prime Minister comes on, we'll, uh, we'll listen to his address to the nation and... Uh, and see if there's anything else going on with that. So, again, self-isolate as much as possible and uh, and be safe and, and do everything you can. And uh, um, we have started our online store, so I'd like to just thank everybody for uh, support on that. Um, and we are still open. We are doing physical distancing. Like five people, our team down at Spruce have done a phenomenal job. We have tape everywhere, keeping people separated in aisles, one-way direction. So um, very, very proud and uh, and safe in there. So it's it's good. So if you don't need to come, we are online, though. So by all means. And if you'd like to join me, I'm live on the phone lines. You can give me a shout, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are the talk and text line. And they started doing videos last week. We put up four, Joanna and I. And uh, so if you want to check those out, those are on our Facebook and also on Instagram. And we're going to do a few more this week. We're going to try and and doing, uh, we're going to try and keep up and we're going to update on the ones that we did last year. We seeded and we did some stuff. So um, definitely we're going to update those and keep everyone in the, in the growing know-how of uh, what's going on. But if you have any questions or videos you'd like, send me a note too. I'd, I'd love to be able to... Uh, assist and uh, and give people that uh, knowledge that they're looking for, not necessarily just what I think is out there. So it's always good to um, be part of it. Also want to do a uh, a little shout out to uh, just everybody out there, just uh, being safe, doing their thing, looking after their plants, and just keeping your family safe and uh, all that other fun stuff. Let's go to Craig. We have lots of people on the line already, which is great. Good thing everyone's up early. Let's go to Craig. He's in Okotoks. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Uh, surviving. Yeah, aren't we all, right? You have to get up, we do our thing, and wash our hands. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't, um, don't pick your nose. That's all yeah. they say. <laughs> I, uh, I've got a patch of grass. It's small, about 8 by 10. Yep. I want to turn it into a flower bed. Can yep. I just cover it with black 
cloth and then fill it with dirt? No, um, you, you can, but there's going to be a lot of roots in there. You, you are much okay. better on a smaller area that to dig out the the sod because okay. the, otherwise, the more you break up the sod roots, the a lot of grass you're going to get in there. So if you dig it out, and that's not a huge area to do, you're just much better off. All right, great, thank you. All right, and then just. Yeah, replenish it, put some soil amendments. What are you going to grow in there? Flowers. flowers. Just flowers, yeah. So just mix in some of the cocoa moss or the hemp product or some of the sea soil, stuff like that. Just give it some nutrients in there, and then you'll be good to go. Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Craig. Okay, bye. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. All right. And I've got a few texts as well. And it says, uh, good morning, Merle. My broccoli seedlings are are quite long. What do I what do I do with them? PS, I wish I didn't have to listen to JT again. Oops, sorry, rarely miss your show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I and typically I'm not the biggest JT fan either, but I think it's important that we all join together and we put our politics aside at certain times like this and we need to uh um, band together and do what's right for Canada and uh, hopefully we're all on the same page on that. So and you don't hear me say that very often, so there you go. Anyways, <laughs> as far as uh, as Justin Trudeau, but I I, I will uh, we gotta we gotta unite in times like this. On your broccoli, what I would do is it's getting too warm. You gotta cool them off. They love being cooler, so when they bolt up. Um, you're probably just still giving it a bit too much loving, too much heat, too much sun. So just back it away, try and put it in a cooler spot, and you want to slow all those down at this point um, is what I would do. So, And uh, you can, if it gets up a bit, you can pinch those if they get real um, leggy on you. And it depends if they have three or four stems, you can also look at um, transplanting them at this time as well. All right? And where are we at for time? And that's that text. I'm going to go to Terry. Good morning, Good morning. Terry. Good morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call on this uh, wonderful day. Yeah, I know. Thank you for calling in. How can mm. I help you? Um, well, I got a couple questions I'd like to throw at you, sure. Merle. I got some uh, poppy seeds, mm-hmm. and I'd like to keep them all in one spot. And I was wondering, I got about a 30 liter or 30 gallon uh barrel out here yeah if i could put them all in there and uh keep them kind of one spot in the yard actually i want to put them down by the driveway yeah poppies though are ones that they do self-pollinate they do self-seed it depends what varieties Mm -hmm. you have um that's sort of when you see like those flanders fields of poppies that they do self-pollinate self-seed themselves so they drop their seeds and then they uh, they do that, and some are biannuals. So you just got to uh, depend on what varieties you have. Like if you have those big pink ones, sometimes those are a lot easier. Um, I don't know what kind I have right now. I got them given to me here a few years okay. ago before we had. Yeah, some- just. Make sure you put them in a nice sunny spot. Yeah, put them in a nice sunny spot. The nice thing in Calgary, it's they're not invasive. Like they they can spread, but they're not going to go crazy all over the place. So you should be able to keep them fairly contained. And the best thing to do that is in early spring when you see everything start coming up. If you see them spreading out into little ones, you just cultivate them up at that time. And oh, if they're okay. really nice, you can always dig them up and give them to friends and stuff like that as well. Yeah, well, these are, I, I think they're right from Flanders Field. I got them from a friend. Oh, wow. That'd be but, awesome. Uh, I do have uh, a couple more questions, if I may, Merle. Yeah, absolutely. 
and I, I live out here by Bearberry, so yeah. we're, we're pretty similar. Yeah, and have you been uh, out to the garden center there? Not yet this year. They're no. still closed. Yeah, but that's a that's a magical place. It kind of, I always it? feel like yeah, I step back in time if I'm, I haven't been out there for a while. And I have to, mm-hmm. I'll have to head out there this year because it's one of those spots you get out there and you just think, God, this place is beautiful. It's just, yeah, it's kind of surreal. Fresh air. Yeah, and it's just nice, laid back, feely, right? Like it's not, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, good atmosphere. Yeah, we don't get the hustle and bustle of the city so much out here. No, it's beautiful. All right, uh, what second else? question, if I may. Absolutely. Uh, my evergreens. Yeah. Now I know it. I can tip them, like take the tops off. But I've got some that are kind of getting scraggly on the branches. Can I tip those branches too? Yeah, you're better to tip the branches than the tops a whole lot too. I, we try to leave the tops as much as we can. You can do a bit. You just don't want to take too much off the top because um, it'll it'll force it to do multiples um, leaders. So uh-huh. so you got to be careful of that. But absolutely, you can definitely, and you want to do that just after all the new growth comes out. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. I... I shouldn't do it now then well you could but you're going to lose all that growth from this year so depends if they're really straggly you could do it now and just shape them before they spit out and then they'll form buds right away after yeah. after they do that but if they're if they're not too bad sometimes it's nice to let the new growth come out and then just break all the new growth in in half sort of thing like you'd break the fingers you can cut them that way mm-hmm. and uh, and then that'll definitely help but important to do they love bark mulch and and keeping them like that, and then also fertilizer like the thirty ten ten is great for them. Perfect. Uh, one more about irises, if I may. Yeah, absolutely. I know these are bulbs, and uh, but these guys have been exposed to the elements for oh, over a year now. Yeah. So they're still sitting on top. I can actually see where the snow is melting. They're still sitting on top. Is that gonna cause any? Uh, really grief for me have they were they planted last year yes they were they've been in in place for about four years merle yeah but we uh i would just cover them up a bit like when the snow melts you can just bring up some soil up to them and cover them a bit oh okay so all right that's, that's actually relatively simple yeah and if okay, they get thank too you big, so much merle yeah and if they get too big you can look at splitting them up as well okay thank all you right. so much thanks terry Bye-bye. All right, bye. All right, we're going to have to break now. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is coming on. I'll pass this over to Kevin. Yeah, uh, we're expecting another update. Uh, national address from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau just outside of uh, Rideau Cottage. Uh, yesterday's update, the big announcement was uh, was uh, the government is going to prevent people from uh, boarding flights domestically. Uh, if you're sick, uh, you're not getting on. That's all there was to it. So we don't know what announcements he has planned for today. But once again, we will be taking you live to Ottawa for his address. And uh, we'll recap his address, and then we will return to uh, Let's Talk Gardening. All that much, much more right here today on uh, Sunday, March 29th. You are listening to the Chorus Radio Network, more specifically, 770 CHQR. Around 1,200, so the peak is perhaps a few weeks from now in the UK, but the peak is coming, and they expect that it will uh, be maybe two weeks from now. Redmond, thank you so much. The Prime Minister is about to speak. Let's listen in. The past month has been very difficult for many people, and I understand that. We're doing everything we can to help you. This week, we announced new measures for families, workers and businesses. 
Even with this, I know that times are hard. And for those who were already having a hard time, it's even worse. Staying home, for example, is not always an easy thing to do. ...means juggling taking care of the kids while trying to get some work done at the kitchen table. But frankly, that's not everyone's reality. For far too many people, home isn't a safe place to be. For others, it's somewhere they're isolated and alone. And for too many more, they have no place to go at all. Tough times fall first and hardest on the most vulnerable in our communities. But we can change that. We can make sure that no one is left without help. Let me take a moment to speak directly to kids. I know these past weeks have been tough. You haven't seen your friends, you're not able to go to school, uh, you've been hunkered down with your parents, and you're watching the world you know change radically. It's a source of anxiety, it's a source of tension. Uh, maybe there's extra tension in your family. But there are people who can help. Reach out to Kids Help Phone. You can call them or text them. Text at 686868 or call 1-800-668-6868 or go online to kidshelpphone.ca. They are there to listen. They are there to support you. They are there to make sure that you know that you are not alone and help you and all of us through this. No matter where you live, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in French and in English. Indeed, to make sure that you have the help you need, we're investing $7.5 million for more counselors and trained volunteers with Kids Help Phone. There are people in your corner making sure you're okay. And kids, I want to speak with your grandparents now. Our seniors are particularly vulnerable to COVID-19. We all know that, and it's for them that so many of us are staying home, are self-isolating, are following the rules. But even if they're safe and isolated, this is not easy on them. Maybe they're having trouble getting out to go to grocery, to get groceries. Maybe they're feeling particularly alone. Maybe they've already been isolated, and this is just an extra degree of stress on them. Well, we've got help for them as well. The Minister of Seniors, Deb Schulte, is announcing $9 million through the New Horizons for Seniors program to the United Way for everything from health check-ins to grocery delivery. In fact, the United Way is already stepping up. Here in Ottawa, they're helping people like you with things like meal delivery. Aujourd'hui, Today, we are announcing help for those who need it the most. I would like to take a moment to speak directly to kids. I know that these past few weeks haven't been easy for you not to see your friends, not to go to school, to not be able to do the things that you normally do, and the world is changing before your eyes. This is a source of stress and anxiety for you and for your family. Maybe things aren't easy at home. Please know that help is available and that you are not alone. Kids Help Phone 
is a program that has existed for a long time to help. You can go online, you can call, and you can also text. And the people at Kids Help Phone will, will help you. You can send a text to 686868 or you can call 1-800-668-6868. Regardless where you are, they can answer in English or in French seven days a week. 24 hours a day, someone will be there to help you and your family. And to even do more to help these youth that need to speak to someone, we are going to invest $7.5 million in Kids Help Phone for counselors and trained volunteers. And now for the grandparents of these, uh, of these young people, we're thinking of you as well. We know that COVID-19 is a greater danger for seniors. You're most likely more isolated. It might be difficult for you to get your groceries and to meet your essential needs. Additional help is on the way for you as well. To help vulnerable people and seniors, we're going to provide $9 million to the New Horizons for Seniors program through United Way. This will allow the organization to provide different services to seniors, whether it be uh, checking on their health or meal delivery or grocery delivery. In a country such as Canada, no one should be left aside. And to help those who are homeless, people who are fleeing domestic violence, we are going to spend $200 million on shelters. Get through this tough time. If you can't go home because it isn't safe or because you don't have a home, we're not going to forget you. We'll work with the organizations you rely on and we'll have your back. Earlier this month, we committed $200 million for shelters. If you need to get away from domestic violence or violence because of your gender, if you need somewhere to stay, there are places you can go and be safe. This new funding is already having a huge impact on support for you. Just take the shelter in Toronto that can now rent additional space to isolate residents with COVID-19 and keep everyone safe. And we're going to keep working with charities and nonprofits on this. On that note, I want to recognize the incredible people who work and volunteer in their communities through these groups. I know it's been hard lately, not just because more and more people need your help, but because you're struggling to keep doing this work for marginalized and vulnerable people during a public health crisis on a scale that Canada has never before seen. Soon, I'll have more to say about how we can make sure you're supported and can help keep helping Canadians who need it most. But the bottom line is this. Whomever you are, whatever you need, we're here for you. And if you're fortunate enough to have a little extra to spare right now, I'm asking you to join in and be part of the solution. Please donate to your favorite organization or find out how you can volunteer in your community. Even working from home, you can make a real difference in the impact an organization can have. As an individual, a family, a company, think of how you can lend a hand to help others through this tough time. 
On a tous notre rôle à jouer pour assurer notre We all have our role to play to ensure our health and safety. As we're repeating very often, it's very important that people keep a distance of two meters between themselves and others, that they stay at home and they avoid crowded places in order to flatten the curve as quickly as possible. I know that it's even more difficult to stay home during the weekend. Sometimes, people can feel quite alone. Don't forget that we're all going through this hardship together. If you look around, you will see many signs of solidarity throughout the country and throughout the world. People are putting up rainbows to remind neighbors that better days are yet to come. And if uh, you're in Montreal this evening, look at the Samuel de Champlain Bridge. It will be lit up with the colors of the rainbow. I know these are hard times, but I also know that we're going to get through them together. Merci beaucoup tout le monde. Thank you. We'll now go to the phone. You've been listening to a live address from uh, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, outside of his uh, Rideau Cottage in Ottawa. Uh, no major announcements today. Some funding announcements and uh, promises. Uh, once again, he just um, opened up his heart, just saying he appreciates it's been a very difficult month for most Canadians, and he wants us to continue to do what we're doing, namely self-isolation, quarantine if you're ill, wash your hands, Social distancing. He also had a special message for children out there, realizing they're going through a tough time, you know, because they're not allowed to see their friends. There's no school. But he wanted to reiterate that if they are dealing with stressful situations at home, if you're a youngster or a teenager, reach out to the kids' help phone. He says the federal government is providing $7.5 million in funding to hire more counselors and volunteers. So once again, youngsters across Canada are being urged to reach out if they're having some issues or difficulties to the kids' help phone. He also announced $9 million will be spent on different seniors' initiatives. This is to help, uh, you know, grandparents in Canada, the elderly, people that can't get out to get their own groceries, people that need to be checked upon. Once again, the government will be spending $9 million, and they're also coordinating some of those initiatives through the United Way. And there's also help. He said uh, recently they announced $200 million to help the homeless population in Canada. That money will be funneled into various shelters across Canada. So, And he also asked Canadians, finally, before wrapping up this morning, if you can, make a difference. If you can contribute, make a donation to you know a charity of your choice. He also wanted to thank everybody that uh, is volunteering their time and services to different uh, non-profit groups and charities across Canada because, well... We need those organizations right now more than ever. And we need to, again, work together, be one, and eventually we will emerge on the other side. That basically sums up uh, the Prime Minister's message today from uh, Rideau Cottage in Ottawa. In a moment, we will return to regular programming, and we will have more from uh, the Prime Minister's address throughout the day in our news reports on the Chorus Radio Network, 770 CHQR, and also on Global TV. When breaking news happens... You'll hear it first right here on the Chorus Radio Network. And once again, for more, go to globalnews.ca. I'm Kevin Usselman. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted ISA certified tree care company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. 
403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, going to go to the phone lines. I got actually I got one text here um, regarding a larger aloe vera that uh, is, is uh, someone's asking, where is this? Where? Let me find it. Oh, here it is. Sorry about that. Hi, Merle. I have a huge aloe vera plant, um, one and a half feet by one and a half feet. It hasn't given us any babies yet. What am I doing wrong? I would think the biggest thing, and it might be in just a really, if the pot is really big on it, usually they'll start sending out babies when they get more stressed out, when they get really root bound. Because it's funny you say this. I was uh, I was uh, down in the basement this morning. We have a walkout, and so I have a big aloe vera right on the window I'm looking at that thing and I have like probably 50 babies in it I gotta it needs to get transplanted badly so I was just saying I'm gonna just break it out pop it out of the pot and and sort of break it all apart on the floor and separate a whole bunch of the babies um that would be my biggest thing it's probably in just a nice big pot so it's happy where it is and it doesn't need to produce more so typically when they get stressed out they'll start sending out more and more as they as they go so you won't see it send out until they get a little bit more root bound so anyways that's um what i would do is uh you could try and uh just be patient with you. Could add a couple other ones if you're looking to for more to it. But other than that, it should if it's nice and healthy, I think you're good. If you have any uh, questions, um, you can text them in on that line, and that's the phone line four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to chat with Lynn in Didsbury. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Merle. How you doing? I'm very well. I just wanted to say, I keep t- sending you pictures of my cactus, and once again, since November, it's got new blooms on it. That's awesome. I know. I love it. I'm so excited. Um, I want to say, can I cut them at the joint if I want to trim them back or, or don't yes. do that? Yeah, no, okay. that's exactly, and then at that point, if you want to propagate them, um, you could easily do that. Okay. As well, that's where you you just sort of pull it apart at that joint, yeah, and then you can just replant that the piece that you broke off. Oh, okay, and uh, and you can start new ones. Well, all right. Now, my daylily that I bought from you, and I love it; it's beautiful. Yeah. And also my lavender. Should I start watering them a little bit, or not yet? Um, and they're these are outside. Yes, I would hold off. Okay. We're still we're supposed to get some cold here this week coming okay. up like minus 10 13 we want to keep everything frozen um unless it's in full sun and i would i would cover it up if we get some of the snow or cool i would cover it with some leaves or i really like if you have these areas that are wide open full hot sun area this is a perfect time to do soil amendment um because okay. you can add it to the top of the soil right. and and it helps keep them frozen and holds in a bit of moisture until it thaws out and then when it does you can just work that sea soil or whatever type of soil you want to work into uh into your existing soil and then you're sort of you're killing two birds with one stone I did not cut it back when it died in in the fall there so it's got lots of dead should, should I take that no, back now? No, not until you start seeing green. I, okay. I I don't like cleaning up the perennials in the winter. Okay. Uh, I, I, I always say it's best to 
just let things, uh, that's the best time to procrastinate. Like we see a lot of these gardening shows and gardening books where they show people making their garden so tidy in the fall. But that's when you live in Vancouver or England, things like that. For us, all that excess foliage in the wintertime, that's Mother Nature giving it protection. So it's left there for a reason. So you're better to... uh, just procrastinate then, leave okay. it till early spring, you start seeing it push up from the bottom, and at that point is when I start cleaning it up. All right, and I will be coming to get my 1632.6. My lawn looks so awesome when I use it, and I love it, and thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Lynn. Appreciate the support. Day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I got lots of texts coming in and lots of of uh, phone calls as well. So thank you so much. And it says here, I got a text. My son bought roses for his girlfriend on Valentine's Day, and they have been sitting in the kitchen window ever since. Last week, I was going to throw them out when I noticed a bunch of shoots growing off the stems. I'd try to root them for the garden. Any advice would be appreciated. Um, yeah, I haven't really seen that a whole lot happen, but um, it looks like it's just shooting sprouts, not roots per se. Um, so, because typically when you do cut flowers, they're still alive. So those are just branches starting up. They're not necessarily roots um, um, coming from there. So if you look at it, um, they're they're mainly all leaves and that it, it's hard to take a cutting like that um, of a rose, um, but you could give it a try. Um, I would just get some rooting hormone if you'd like to try, probably a number two, and uh, stick them in some soil. And you could cut them off at each at each spot there, like at each level of where the leaf is coming out. So you could start. You'd end up with them being two or three inches, and you could do two or three of them as it goes up off each stem. Let me know how that goes. It'd be kind of cool to see how that uh, how that works out. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How can I help you? I have a very mature 40-year-old apple tree. Yep. So it's probably about 20 feet high. Yep. And the only pruning that's ever had or only cutting is the branches that were hanging in the back alley and bothering bothering people going through okay so um it's got some dead branches on the inside and there there is dead branches throughout so my question is um how much can it be pruned back um 20 feet high and we would like the tree but we just don't want to damage it yeah and right and and you got to be careful this is where a lot of people all of a sudden they get somebody in there and they just hack away at it right yeah. so and it's important to you want to get the growth going in the right direction so it might be worthwhile investing in an arborist to get it done the first time when you have something it looks like you need a fairly major shaping and thinning and what we do is we look for crisscrossing branches um yeah. whether rubbing things like that that's what i start with yeah. And and then I look at topping and some because you want it to get growing a little bit more horizontal necessarily than real. Yeah, because it's starting to thin out. You can see patches right through the tree. Yeah. So it, it's just a matter of making the right cuts, a nice sharp saw. Um, and uh, so I know Mark at uh, Pruned It Up 
he's doing free estimates and all that. So if you'd like some help with that, um, Mark would be more than happy to come over and give you a free quote and, oh, okay. and see what he can do. But it, again, it's just uh, look three times before you cut because <laughs> it's too easy. Sometimes you get caught up in the tree and then if you, if you are doing it yourself, just really make sure because you can't glue them back on. No, we won't do it ourselves. We'll get it professionally done. Yeah, no. Um, so give Mark a shout. He's out yeah. doing quotes all the time right now. So, and it, it's great social isolating jobs that we can do because we're only out there with our small crew. So that's true. So, um, does it matter what month you do it? If um, like um, the- right now is a great time because it's just thawing out. We try to avoid big major pruning on apples like throughout there when it's really really cold. Um, okay. But for the most part right now, it, it's totally fine. This is when you want to do it. That way it doesn't waste and its energy going into all that other growth. This way all the new energy will go into all new growth to where we want it to go. So the the tree itself is in, in uh, a small town of Saskatchewan. Yep. And the arborists that are coming into okay. town yep. might be coming in the summertime. So we don't care about having fruit on the tree. No, but is it you, okay you can prune. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Totally fine. Okay, so you can cut it in any yeah. time throughout the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, just make sure they're like this certified arborist because with an apple, they can, it can open it up to lots of disease and stuff like that. So um, you should be totally fine. Do you have to seal all the branch cuts? No, you don't do that. Oh, okay. No, a lot of times that's sort of uh, 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 if it's done properly, the tree will heal itself. Sometimes the last thing you want to do is put on that black tar. It's sort of oh, like yeah. if you get a wound on your arm and you leave a Band-Aid on too long, it just rots underneath. Oh. So similar to that, if it's pruned properly with the right cuts, they, the tree will heal and you won't even tell. You'll just see a nice healed wound there, and then that's it. It's just when you see improper pruning, tearing, stubs left, things like that, that's where you start seeing problems. Oh, so then you can take probably about five feet at least off the top? Yeah, yeah, no, they could probably take five, but depends which way. They want to get it going a little bit more horizontal so it's a little easier to harvest as well. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank okay, you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm just going to go to Mary down in High River. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Merle. How are you? Well, I'm not sequestered, but I am pretty bored. Yeah, but there's lots to do. You know, you get going, you got your your birds to talk to. I'm cleaning house. I'm repotting plants. I'm thinking about gardening. I'm doing all kinds of things. But, oh, gee, (laughs) I hope this gets over soon. Yeah, no, we all, I'm we all do, Mary. Some people. Yeah, no, we we all hope it's over. But if we yeah. if we sort of break the curve, if we all stay in for a while, yeah. it, it'll well, definitely. Well, that's what I'm doing. Thanks. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. I'm, uh, anyway, I just wanted to caution people like you did. Please don't clean up. You're going to kill all the little ladybugs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, but I wanted to ask you about cactus. Yeah, my little experiment on the barrel cactus it didn't work what when did the you... little balls fell off oh. you know and i thought i could reroute them yeah how do they start those little things they start them from a graft no well no a lot of those are they will send out seed and but some of the the big barrel ones aren't grafted on like unless they have like you'll see ones where they add different ones to them yeah, the, no, the, no, there. this is the one with the with the kind of balloon top and the pink balloon yeah, top. Yeah, so those are all those grafted are on. Yeah, those they're, are grafted on. I figured they were grafted. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay.
Okay, sure. All right. Have thanks, Mary. Day. Take care. <laughs> Stay safe. Bye bye. Always good to hear from Mary. And we got to hear uh, from some commercials you're listening to. Uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Jake. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Merrill. Enjoy your program. Thank you so much. Yeah. How can we I help? Li- we live on the very side of Calgary, and we have a couple of high bush cranberry bushes mm-hmm. and spireas yep. with an abundance of dead wood in them. Yep. Uh, how late can I cut them back, and how low? Uh, on those ones, I, you can go right down to the ground. And right. yeah, and I would do it if you can get out there now. If the snow's gone, um, you could wait till after this little bit of cold spell coming up. But yeah, early early spring before it leaves out, spireas and the cranberry, and they'll just shoot out a whole bunch of growth from the bottom, and uh, it's just called rejuvenation. And Good. those ones uh, respond quite well. So just again, it, it's beneficial if you have mulch around, if you have little shrub beds. And uh, and then just water them well and give it a shot of fertilizer at the time when it's sending out its uh, new growth and and uh, it'll be super happy. Very good. All righty. Okay. Thanks for your help. All right. Thanks, Jake. Thank thanks for calling yeah. in. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Take care, bud. Bye bye. All right. And now I'm going to go to a text. Good morning, Merle. My passion flower plant is continuing to grow huge. So how will I be able to put it outside without terrible shock when the time comes? I also have baby plants started from cuttings last fall. And then I also have two large Brungmansia plants and wonder the same above. Thank you. And from Wayona. Um, what you, those, if you want to put them outside, um, when we start getting the warmer days, you can put them outside your day. Don't put it out in full sun. Just gradually climatize them because if you just throw them out in all of a sudden June 1st right out in the full sun it'll it'll just fry them so you got to climatize them put them outside and both those they do not take frost at all so you just got to be careful um, but for a lot of those days even if it if, it, if the night temperatures are going to be above five um, you can leave them outside so just just watch through um, through April there's some days you could probably put it outside and uh, and once you get into May, there's definitely lots of days where you can put it outside. Just watch the evening temperatures and disclimatize them. And uh, the Brungmansia is an awesome. It's the one that's like a datura. You'll get nice big white blooms. Or if you have the purple ones, depending on which ones you have, um, those are great. And they love the full sun once you get it going. And then you'll be good to go. All right. And I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go all the way to Moon River. Good morning, Don. Greetings and salutations, Merle. How are you? Not bad. Where's Moon River? We're halfway between Fort McLeod and Leftbridge, a hearty bunch of people in the hamlet of Moon River with 55 houses. Awesome. What a name. And is there certain times when the moon just uh, reflects off the river or what? Oh, it comes all over the place. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) we we got the river, but we also got the wind. Yes. (laughs) And it's hard on trees. Absolutely. Absolutely. My my question is, yep. um, I've got a whole bunch of cedar siding, and I wanted to chip it up for the trees and the hedges, and I've been getting differing opinions as to whether this is advisable, particularly with the uh, it being an oil-based stain having been put on it over the years. Yeah. Um, if, how are you going to grind it up? Uh, I have a machine which will either mulch or chip. Yeah. Uh, I, I Probably for the most part, like I think a lot of that, if it hasn't been treated for a, for a while, 
there is the risk of some contamination on that, I guess. Um, depends on, on, on what type of finish was put on there. Oil-based stain. Yeah. Um, I would probably advise against it okay. myself and just stick with a, a regular bark mulch of some sort. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I get lots of branches here to mulch up so or uh, chip up. So. Yeah, just don't put it on there when it's raw. Like you, the mulch should, and I've and some people there's a, like some of the sawmills they'll give people cheap mulch ah. or from an arborist. You don't want to put that in your flower bed right away because what it'll do it takes all the because when it starts getting into the decomposing process it starts taking nitrogen out of your soil. Okay. And which you don't want, because you put it on there, and I, I, I know this from experience, I did this once, and uh, why is all my plants going yellow? And Because it, it just sucked all the nitrogen out of an area. So Okay, well, I keep a pile of dead branches. Yeah, they're, and they're this, a few years yeah, it, yeah, just let it turn over, let it compost, and then once it's through that composting process, then you're good to go. Okay, well, I can do it that way now. I just have to figure out how to keep the wind from taking it yeah, all the way up. Yeah, and maybe with, that, maybe with all that cedar siding, Maybe you can just build some birdhouses or something. No, I already shredded it down for oh, okay. the chipper. So <laughs> yeah, I just probably wouldn't. Uh, yeah. But I'm glad I, I checked in. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks a lot. Have a All great right. day. Thanks, Don. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the text line here real quick. I had a brown butterfly in my yard early last week. Seriously, I'm not a nut. It landed for a brief moment on the snow and uh, red and orange spots. I placed an order with you folks and mentioned, oh, the... Mention it to your big your bug lady. She was stumped. Um, yeah, I you know those are just areas. There's probably where it nested. It, it was in a warm spot, probably in a crack in a house or a foundation, an area where it's warm, heated up, and it felt like it was spring. So it decided to come out and check things out. Um, we will see bugs like that start coming out, just like the the gophers and and robins and all that. They're in certain areas, and all of a sudden you'll you'll see it in certain areas around people's homes. I've had lots of pictures of people sending me of tulips, daffodils, things like that already popping up. So it uh, it will happen. But right now I'm going to go to Naomi. And this is a question I'm probably going to get a lot. So listen up. Good morning, Naomi. Hi, how are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, we laid some new sod in our backyard last year. We tore up a deck. Yeah. Um, and it was fairly shady back there. So it was covered in snow for most of the winter. Yep. And now that the snow has melted... There are hundreds and hundreds of mice trails. Yeah, they underneath the sod. Yeah, they love. Are you in a newer area? Uh, no, we're in Inglewood. Okay. So. And uh, they love that because typically new sod is nice and thick and all that. So the best thing to do is uh, is and this is where I'm going to uh, selfish plug is our fertilizer is what you want to use the sixteen thirty two six green it up because it has a high middle number. So when you're using that in Calgary, if you do get this when the mice um, go in and chew up. They're not really chewing down into the roots, so they're just chewing all the dead stuff. So, but if you have a good, strong root system, it'll recover really quickly, so it'll really help. Um, so just give it a good raking. Um, just wait a bit, let it thaw out till you start seeing a bit of green coming up, um, and then give it a really good raking, and then fertilize with our green it up, and uh, you'll be amazed at what that'll do. It'll recover really quickly and be totally fine. 
Okay, I was worried I was going to have to rip it up and lay new sods. So I'm no, glad that's no, not I've had it. I've had it lots. And what happens is when we get the heavy snow like we've had this year, like we've had snow cover right through Christmas all the way through, which is unusual for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what it does is that just creates like a little parkade for the for the mice, right? They can travel freely without hawks or anybody seeing them, especially where you are down by the river. Um, usually there's predator birds and different things. Um, so when they're able just to travel freely, we're going to get lots of that type of damage. So, But just fertilize with Green It Up and you'll get uh, fast recovery and you'll be totally fine. So wait until the grass starts to green and just then fertilize? Bit. Yeah, and you, you can just be careful when you're raking. Don't go a heavy rake. If there's lots of loose stuff and it warms up here... Um, and if it's totally melted and and you can just rake the leaf stuff, uh, the loose stuff up, just don't go heavy. Don't go. Don't dig into the roots. So you can remove all the dead sod or the dead grass that's left in the little tunnels if you're able to get in there and do that now. Okay, perfect. Thank and then you. just give it a shot of fertilizer, and uh, and just so everyone knows, we are online and we are doing delivery, and you can order your green it up online as well, and we'll deliver it right to your house. So perfect. All Thank right, you. and it's free. Actually, even if you just get one bag, because it's just free with twenty bucks or more. So, there you go. Thanks. All right, so yeah, just just be careful. Like this, we can still procrastinate on gardening a bit. Like it's still a bit early. Like this week, we're still supposed to get minus thirteen, but it, it won't hurt if you go out there and just remove some of the the grass that they've chewed up. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Naomi. Bye bye. All right, and. Here we go. Hi, Merle. What's the best way to deal with fungus gnats on a houseplant? Any recipes to do from Cliff? That is mainly caused from overwatering. So the best thing you can do is just let it dry out, stick it in a nice sunny spot, and just cultivate the soil every day too. And then we have a product called Pure Spray Green, and uh, you can give your soil a spray with that. And uh, and you need to do it sort of every five days, give it a quick spray, but just don't saturate it so much. So just give it a quick spray. But the biggest thing is let it dry out and uh, you should be totally fine. It just it takes a bit of a process. And uh, throughout the winter, we'll see a lot of fungus gnats come up when people we continue to water on the same time when they haven't quite dried out. So just let it dry out in between and then you'll be good to go. And I got time for, I'm going to go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How you doing? Good, good. How you doing, Bill? Good, thanks. I'll take you off my speaker here. Yeah, no worries. How can I help you out? Just had uh, a couple of questions with regard to want to build a raised garden. Yep. And just want to make sure I don't uh, hopefully make any mistakes of them. Yeah, doing. let's see. Let's help you out. I'm sure a lot of people want to be doing that this year. Yeah, so the first thing, when you look at a lot of the packages, and I don't intend on necessarily getting a package, but just building it myself, yeah. um, cedar, what's the significance of the cedar for it? Well, you see a lot of cedar, it's just because it, it's a natural preserved wood. It'll last a lot longer than if you use spruce or fir in the soil. Um Okay. So it makes a big difference. So, and then it's, we don't have a lot of, like a lot of the preserved wood, the pressure treated wood that you see nowadays, it doesn't have the same um, preservative, the nasty ones that used to be in a lot of the preserved wood. So whenever you're buying your lumber, just ask them, is it safe to use for um, raised beds for, for food? And for the most part, all of them are, but the cedar has always been the one that it has that uh, rot-resistant um, trait to it. So, oh, okay. 
Um, yeah, we're probably trying to keep it a little more natural, so I probably don't want to go to anything treated if we can avoid yeah. it. Yeah, no, and so. some of the new treated, though, I'll be honest, is pretty nice, like the brown pressure treated. And But if you if you have the budget and the, the cedar's a little bit more, I'd definitely stick with the cedar. So Okay. And how about at the bottom for the base and... Um, base and drainage issues. Uh, is so, it going to sit right on the existing ground? It is, unless we, you know, put uh, some... How high are you going to go? By two foot slabs. I was thinking kind of in that uh, 24 to 30 inch range. Yep. I would just um, go right onto the existing soil and then just, I would fill it with the majority of like a soilless mix. It, what are you, are you going, veggies or... Yeah, veggies. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would use our soilless mix in there and... Uh, Add this to our spruce up all-purpose soil, like mix that, two-thirds that to one-third of, of your existing soil. It's just a nicer, lighter soil, and your your veggies and everything will just do so much better. Okay. Yeah, it's going on, like the area right now is kind of a, a weedy, quack grass type um, yeah. natural area. So Yeah, no, if we build right on top of it, you'll be fine. And if you're going that deep, um, you should be totally fine. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, no, I perfect. would just dig out some of those and just, yeah, get a nice level, put your good soil in there. Um, yeah, no, that sounds perfect. Make sure you're in a good sunny location and you're set to go. All right, perfect. Hey, thank you. All right, thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to go to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Oh, good morning, Mel. How are you doing? Oh, good, thanks. Uh, I want to bring my dahlias up from the basement. Yep. Plant them in inside. Yep. Now is the time to do it. Yeah, and so how deep should I plant it in that pot? Well, basically when you'll see when you get your bulb and you knock off any of the excess soil in that from last year, you should still have that little stem sticking up, right? There should be like about an inch long. Yeah. I just do it just below, like I leave that stem still sticking out of the soil. Oh, and yeah, just, just enough so the old stem is sticking up so it's similar to the same height it had last year. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. When should I plant it outside? Then? Well, you don't plant those out until June. Oh, really? Yep. So you start them now in the, put them into like a, a 10 or 12 inch pot yeah. and grow them in. And when they get about 18 inches high, you yeah. just, I cut off the top third. Because oh. then that makes it thicken up. It'll really just branch out a whole bunch at that point. And then by the time June comes, it's going to be nice and thick and ready to start blooming for you. So by 18 inches, I should cut them down. Yeah, take about four or five inches off it at that point. Yeah. Yep. And make sure you're feeding it 15, 30, 15, and uh, that'll build up the high middle number for it and it'll help it produce nice big blooms. Oh, wonderful. All right. Thank you so much, Mel. Thank you so much, Marie. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, and I got time for one more here before we get going. Uh, good morning, Marty. Hi, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, Merle, um, because of the cold weather coming here this uh, coming week, stone yep. crop clematis, can I cut those down today or should I wait till after? Yeah, the... those should be fine because basically you're dealing with it's a, like a stringy vine. I right. would still leave a little bit at the bottom, but if you want to do some cleanup, by all means, on the top. Just don't dig down by the root until you start seeing it pop up. No, for sure. Yep, so leave six inches or something and you'll be, that's totally fine. Okay, 
and that gentleman just called in regards to the uh, raised garden beds in the cedar. Yeah. Uh, so I built uh, raised garden beds about 10 years ago, and mm-hmm. I had to empty them out last fall just to have some work done on the house. Very little decay. So It was cedar. It was cedar. Yeah, yeah cedar's a, a natural preserved wood, so it's. Mm-hmm. If it, I always tell people if it's, if it's in your budget, it's a little bit more. But it's just it's beautiful wood and it's just uh it's it's great. It lasts longer too, so yeah, yep. for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Perfect. Marty. Thanks, Appreciate Mark. it. Bye. Bye bye. All right, I'm gonna answer a couple texts here before the break. Hello, we would like to remove some overgrown ten year old junipers from our acreage property. Would you be able to advise the best way to remove them? We thought about sawing them off and then using a truck to pull out the the stumps. Um, you can do that. You just got to be careful when you're close to the house like that. You just don't want to be ripping up anything too close. But you're right on the first part. Cut all the foliage off. And that's either getting in there with a, with a machine. Um, if you're in an acreage, if you have any kind of a tractor with some teeth on it or or forks where you can get in there and lift up. Um, it, it, it is tough to pull out, but you'll need to dig around first. And then if you get a chain and that hooked around, you can definitely pull it out with a tractor or, or your truck. If you like, I, I, I laughed one time, my brother in uh, Kelowna, he called his AMA and he had them, uh, hook, <laughs> hook the tow truck to a, a tree stump and they pulled it out for him, which was kind of nice, but I, I was kind of laughing about that one. So anyways, and here's one more. Good morning. I have a Persian yellow rose, and I was wondering if it's too late to prune it. No, right now is a good time, but just you got to remember that they only bloom once. And uh, so just remove dead, damaged, disease wood on that and uh, just get in there and thin it out. And they get pretty gnarly, so make sure you have good gloves on yourself so you don't uh, get too pricked up there with those uh, nasty Persian yellow. But they are gorgeous. It's too bad they didn't bloom more often. They just bloom once, and then they're kind of done. And uh, one more text here, and then I'm going to take a break. It says, Hi, Merle. I have two questions. Is it too late to trim our Mayday tree? Um Actually, no, right now is a great time to prune your Maydays, Schubert's. Um, if you're having a look out there, if you're seeing any of that black knot or anything like that, now is a great time. I know Mark has been out doing lots of quotes this past week, and the crew's getting back out there this coming week, and uh, pruning's uh, should be fine. And then we also had, we had rabbits eat our burning bush down to two inches. Should we dig it up, or do you think it will come back? Um, there's a very good chance it'll just come back from the bottom, Sarah. And what I would do is I would hit it with a fertilizer like a 20-20-20 or a 30-10-10 just to give it a good boost and push it up. And uh, and you should be totally good to go. And I'm going to go. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. We have a few spots. You can call me at 403-974-8255, and I'm going to go to Tim. Good morning, Tim. Yeah, I'm Earl. How can I help you? Uh, I bought a golden spice pear from you guys a couple of years ago. Yeah. The, the first year I got it, there was one fruit on it. The second year, there was about 100, and the following two years... Hasn't even bloomed at all. Yeah. Um, that sometimes happens on, if it depends on, what part of town are you in? Uh, Northwest Calgary. Yeah. Most. Sometimes, and I'll be honest, a little bit, if you get a late frost, 
like, and then it'll take out a lot of the blooms. So it depends on what type of area you're in, where the tree is. That is one reason. And also fertilizing your your trees, like with 15, 30, 15, will make a big difference. Oh, yeah. I use Rage Plus. Yeah, that's a good one. But some you need, you need to add... Um, sometimes some phosphorus, like the fifteen thirty fifteen. Like that's the the Rage Plus is great for a lot of stuff. But I find sometimes for some of the things, if it it depends what's your existing soil, you might need to add some phosphate in that to it. Oh, okay. Because because the neighbor next door has one and his blooms right. Yeah. But mine mine stopped for two years, and I thought I put uh, bark chips on it, and I thought well that, maybe the ground was staying too cold, right? The, the, so I took that off. That's that's usually good though. For some of them, you want them to hold off. You don't want it to come up too early, mm-hmm. and and sometimes that's a problem. Like they said, like if the if it happens to get that frost in that one time, it's not good. So okay. well, it's in a well. Should I should put more topsoil on it? Um, no, you don't want to bury it too deep though. Yeah, no, but I like just kind of uh, dish it. Eh? Yeah, you, yeah. You just don't want to like if it's planted at the right level. You just don't want to bury it too deep at that point. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I took the bark mulch off, and then I put a little more dirt in. Yeah, just, that's fine. Just just well, watch you don't bury it too deep. So when's a good time to fertilize it? As, uh, uh, as soon as it starts mulch. thawing here. Like sort of when we get to, um, when it starts just pushing bud, you'll start seeing the bud starting to swell. That's when you want to give it a slow, deep watering and also a fertilization at that time and then hit it with the 15, 30, 15. Okay. All righty. Sure. I'll give that a try. Okay. Thanks. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I got time for one more here. We're going to go to Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning. How can I help you? I have a bit of an issue I'm hoping you could give me some advice on. I have a neighbor's tree that is quite a large spruce tree. Yeah. And it was originally planted too close to their house. So now it's on their house and now it's on my house and over my property quite a ways. I mean, it's a nice tree, but I've asked them a few times if they trim it and they won't. What are my options? Can I trim my side? Uh, I guess there's always uh what I would do is if you can talk to the neighbor first, um, it, that's always better, right? Does it right. say, hey, bud, just got a bit of an issue here. What do you think? Are you okay if I trim it off and just get it done properly? And most people are, are hey, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's hitting your house and stuff like that. Um, it, it, I've, it, it can get messy if you yeah. go ahead and cut it before. Um, I would also call 311. They're very helpful in these situations if they're not willing to discuss it. And hopefully they just say, hey, no, I see the problem. Let's fix it. And uh, you can move on. I always think it's better to ask and instead of that, uh, do it, then ask for forgiveness later, especially with a neighbor. And yeah, uh, yeah. you want to keep your relationship uh, intact, so it's always better to to see what you can do there. Yeah, I have gone down that road, and they're refusing to trim it, so that's why I was Yeah, I know, and I'm pretty sure I would just double-check. Um, um, from what I understand, you can prune stuff that's over the fence, but it, it just sometimes gets messy. Yeah. So I would just call three one one, ask them first, and they'll they'll guide you a little bit more on the legalities of the city bylaws. So, okay, thank you for your help. Yep, thanks. Bye bye. Yeah, that's always it's unnecessary or it's unfortunate um, when the neighbors can't work together. And it sounds like he likes to and and has a valid um, reason for asking. So.
Huh. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open now, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I got quite a few texts that I'm going to read through here. And it says here, what does it say here? Good morning. We have a trachycarpus palm that shoots coming from the base. Is there a way to propagate them? Love the show. Yeah, absolutely. When you when you open that up and you see there's things coming up from the bottom when you transplant it, um, you can break those apart and uh, and you can transplant them at that point. Um, yeah, that's a gorgeous looking one. Looks like uh, it's doing quite well and uh, and uh, thriving in where where you got it going. So yeah, you can. It'll send out little babies and you can cut those off. But I, I only like to do it when you're doing a transplant. And that one's looks like it's pretty much ready to go ahead and uh, be transplanted at this point, and uh, and go from there. All right, and where we are. And I'm going to go to one more. Here we go. Pro-mix. Pro-mix seed starting versus vegetable mix. What's the difference? Um, the the seed starting mix is a little bit lighter um, to do it. I know we've blended. And if all you have is the vegetable mix, for the most part, you're going to be able to do all your seeds in that. It's, it, there's not a big, big, big difference, but some people swear by they love to have the seed starting mix it is a little bit lighter and it works it works super well um but if all you have is the the vegetable mix or because i know like even on our spruce it up soil we we it states on there it's good for starting seeds and for repotting because once you get to a soilless mix they're all pretty light um and you'll see i've clamped or we've reduced a bunch of our skews for that reason because i just felt i was selling a different soil for one for a dracaena plant or one for this plant and one for that plant it just really it's the same one and it's just you don't need so many skews in my own opinion i i like to to bring it down um we do carry the seed starting we have the organic veggie and then we have our spruce it up all-purpose mix any of those will work, but when you do get to the seed starting, it it'll have more perlite, a little bit more drainage to it, so it uh, it it it's it's great for starting seeds and things like that. So, and then one more morning after a few years of buying different types of strawberry plants, planting them in big pots and not getting more than a handful of strawberries, I'd like to know what is the best kind of, of raised planter or pot we could build. And also about the soil fertilizer and sun requirements. Thank you so much. Um, the, one of the biggest things is making sure it's in a good sunny location. And I would build it two to three feet wide and at least two feet high. And just get a nice sunny location. And again, um, depends how big you want to go with it. Um, I would fill it with uh, good old purpose potting soil or vegetable mix. Something like that would be great. And uh, and fertilizing fifteen thirty fifteen will give you lots of tom- lots of strawberries. And I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted ISA certified tree care company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Yeah, now is the time if uh, you're looking out at your trees and shrubs. Um, looking at dead, damaged, disease branching. Look at your Schubert's. Um, lots of black knot out there, unfortunately. So we want to get rid of that. It's a nasty one, and uh, 
we'll go from there. Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Oh, good morning. How can I help you? Uh, well, first of all, I enjoy your show all the time. and it's Thank you. Very nice to have it right now. It's a nice distraction. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I find myself and and uh, just turning off the TV and a bunch of that stuff because it's just, it, it is so nasty right yeah. now sometimes. So you got to, yeah, just, uh, yeah, it is what it is, right? We got to still be aware of what's going on, but it's hard when you're inundated 24-7 with it. Yes, that's for sure. Yeah. How can I help you? Uh, well, um, we are pine, or I should say spruce trees. We have uh, uh, some large ones in our yard. And uh, over the last year, they seem to have lost more needles than I would say would be normal. And I was just a little bit concerned because I know some of the, the uh, neighborhood uh, trees, there was a couple of our neighbors who had their uh, spruce trees taken down, and I was told that they had spider mites. And then I, I wonder if how I would know if that were the case. And it if there's anything to do about it to sort of fix it. If you do have spiders, well, a lot of trees, like right now, I know our pruned up crew, they're doing quite a bit. They call it the spruce thinning. They go up the center and they clean out all the deadwooding oh, uh, yeah. of the spruce, and it makes a big difference. This cleans up all the little nesting areas and dead little branches and all that's in the center of your spruce tree. And uh, at first I wasn't as, like, until you see it done, and you go like, holy cow, that looks awesome. <laughs> you take a before and after picture. Um, so that's where all those little things are nesting. It, I wouldn't des- necessarily take my tree down because of that. Um, there's, there's Like I said, there's a few things you can do. We also do injection on it if it needs. But for the most part, a good cleaning, um, hosing them off once in a while. It depends how high. Obviously, that's hard to do. But if you can get up and, and give it a good hosing down, um, oh, yeah. that knocks it out. That really helps. And just that, that spruce thinning out of the center of it, uh, the deadwooding makes a big difference. So. That would be all those little twigs that are all dead, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. you'll see our guys, they go, they get up in the middle of the tree and they just climb right up the center and Uh uh, take it all out. Okay, yeah. It's mostly uh, in the lower level, so I can probably do pretty much all that myself. Yep, yep. Just get in there. Just don't leave too many stubs. Just clean it nice and then don't go too close to the trunk like just just cut it you'll sort of see a little a little crotch thing and you just cut this right just on the other side of that and you're good to go all right and if i could just have one more quick question yeah. when i turned on the radio we we're just talking about uh pruning apple trees and cherry trees and I, I i just caught it at the end so i didn't hear if you said this was a good time or not a good time yeah, to do no that. this is a good time to, to prune all your apples okay yep all right all righty this, very much. I again, it. not heavy, heavy pruning, dead, damaged, disease branching, looking for crisscrossing branches, things like that. Okay, and what about if I want to take uh, maybe a few inches off some of the branches? Is I should wait maybe a bit longer for that? No, that's fine right now as well. Okay. Yep. Again, just just always step back, sort of mark your visually see where you want to cut, and uh-huh. then go in and, and just think about it once or twice before you cut because you can't glue them back on. That's all. Yeah, sort of like carpentry, yeah. Think yeah. One, or think twice and cut once. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing worse than, ah, they're yeah. at the wrong angle. So, yeah. Alrighty. All Thanks, right, Terry. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yep. You have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Dwight in Okotoks. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, how's it going, Mel? Good, good. How can well, we help you? Yeah, I've got a question. I started my sweet keys. Yep. And I heard that uh, it's a good thing to pinch them off at a certain stage of growth to get more blooms. Absolutely. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm working on the third set of tree leaves now. 
Yep. So that's sort of three to four sets. It's a good time to pinch them at that point, and then they'll start thicken up because otherwise they'll get really long and leggy on you. Right. So, so perfect so time. And we're getting close. Those are one of the first things you can put outside. So uh, hopefully after this little cold spell, you'll be able to put them outside here soon. Oh, so the, the cold, I mean, beginning of May. Yeah, maybe? they're ones that can go out a lot earlier than a lot of the other ones. They're fairly frost resistant. They're similar to our pansies and things like that. So typically out front of the garden center, um, the first week in April, I always pot up our, our big planter full of pansies. And I let them freeze. I just leave it out there, and uh, and they always come back, and they look awesome. So. Is that right? Okay, yeah. well, thanks. thanks very much. All right. Thanks, Dwayne. Okay, bye now. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right, and where we are, Matt. Let's go to Matt. Good morning, Matt. Uh, good morning. How can uh, I help you? I have two questions. One pertains to soil and one to a, uh, sunflowers. Uh, every year I buy a bunch of uh, potting soils for my planters, etc., etc. And at the end of the year I store it away. Can I reuse that soil again? Can I revitalize it or should I drop it on the lawn or what do I do with it? Um, if it's in the planters, I, I like to use, I take out the bottom, like take off the top third and then rejuvenate the top and with the old stuff. Just add some new potting soil and stuff to those. Um, but it's still good compost and things like that. It's good soil. This when you do pop it out, um, just remove the roots and stuff like that, depending on what you're putting it into, and uh, it makes great soil amendment. Okay, and I can put it on the lawn as well. Yeah, if you like to. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, any kind of organic matter in there definitely helps out. Okay, good. And uh, if I add any uh, fertilizer, would that help or? Um, to the lawn or to your... To the soil? Yeah, you can add... Uh, and what are you going to grow in there mainly? Oh, uh, it will be flowers mainly. Yeah, no, you can you can definitely add... Uh, there, we have lots of soil amendments that have flower like this or that have fertilizer or you can use a granular, like even our lawn fertilizer. I've had lots of people mix that in because um, it has the high middle number, which is good for blooms. You can just mix that right into your soil and it just, uh, it'll slowly feed the soil throughout the summer. Okay, thanks. And the other question is, I uh, put some sunflower seeds in the Russian mammoth, the, the yeah. very big flowers, and I was very surprised how quickly they came up, but now they're growing so fast and falling over and kind of stringly. Is there anything that I, what I yeah you should yeah you could tr you should transplant them they can be pinched as well but I would look at transplanting them and just plant them a little bit deeper than what they're at. Okay, and how what size pot? Right I would go into like they grow pretty quick, especially when they get going. I'd go into an eight or ten inch pot. Okay, uh, but they will straighten out by themselves. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, uh, you just got to thicken them up. That's all. Just pinch them back. And they're just they're just they're just shooting for the sky right now, right? So you yeah. gotta yeah, thicken uh, up, let them concentrate on the root, yeah. and uh, and go from there. Okay, thank you very much. Yep, thanks. Okay. Bye, bye bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm gonna go to the phone line and chat with Mary. Good morning, Mary. Uh, yes, good morning, Merle. How can I help you? I was wondering, and I'm sure you've covered this topic ad nauseum, but <laughs> the, <laughs> the oyster shell yep. scale insect. So now I've cut down a bunch of cotoneasters to the ground. I did that last fall. Yep. But is it just an exercise in futility? Why aren't they just going to get reinfested? 
Well, yes and no. It depends on what you and your neighbors do, obviously, because it is it, it ones that it is it does spread. We we just have so many old Katoni asters in our in our area, right? So they need to be cut down and and started fresh. So the best thing to do is sort of when they leaf out in in June and they get going a bit is. For three weeks in a row is spray them with pure spray green. It's the one that the professionals use to to go after the scale. And okay. uh, and if you do it for those three weeks, for the most part, you're going to be good. And if we keep on it, um, and so after you cut them down, so this early spring here, do a really good cleanup of the, of the old foliage and things like that. And uh, I think it's similar to this Corona thing. If our if all the neighbors and everybody else clean up their their Katoni aster hedge, because it just really hit the last few years. Because we got the older hedges, and it's just really come into play. So it's just it's time to we need to clean them up. Okay. Uh, so second to that, is this insect living in the soil? Is that where? It's yeah, they come go back? down into the soil, and then they come up in the, in the early spring here. And okay. they actually go into a fly form, and then they latch on and then set their scale. Okay, so I would start this in June. Yep, and that's sort of what we look for. And uh, all the arborists around town, they kind of have a hotline where they communicate when they start seeing the, the fly head out, and then they that's when we try and spray. Okay. But that's typically uh, in that first couple of weeks in June there, July. Uh, all right. Depending on what the weather's doing. Right. Um, now, I was told that it will also infect uh, dogwoods, hydrangeas, yep. lilacs. Yep, willow. It's wow. again, it's um, the more we've gotten rid of a lot of our our chemicals, which is good because they can be misused. But a lot of it is when we leave dead, damaged, and diseased trees and shrubs in our city, that just it makes an infestation of bugs and it becomes like a hornet's nest like it just everyone it's just a free-for-all right and then they just spread and spread and spread so okay are these other species any less susceptible um for a hedging material the nine bark is quite a bit less susceptible um it's ones with the harder stock like that they seem to like that shinier um they sort of clamp onto it like the willow the catoni asters things like that um, okay. Yeah, well, elm I, trees. They like those as well. So, okay. Uh, what I was, what I meant was um, the dogwoods and lilacs and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, lilacs you, don't get it as much. Um, dogwoods. I haven't seen like a total infestation. It's hard enough to get your dogwood to grow here properly. <laughs> like they're supposed to be super hardy, but I find that they're they're one that. They're not. They don't thrive in Calgary. I don't know if they've breeded the hardiness out of the, of the out of the old dogwood or what. But I oh. do, I don't find them as hardy as they used to be. Like they don't flourish like they should. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. I won't take up any more. Of your no time. worries. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. All right. I have time for one more before the break. I'm going to go to Wilda. Good morning, Wilda. Good morning, Merle. Okay, uh, I don't have a gardening problem this morning, okay. but I heard a song the other day that I thought that if you haven't heard it, you should uh, find it and listen to it uh, for the times that we're going through right now. Okay, and what is it's that? It's called Turn Off the News and Build a Garden. Turn Off the News, and this is a song. Yes, and it All was right. written by Willie Nelson's son. Oh, really? Yeah, and very nice to listen to for our time. All right. Well, thank yeah. you. 
Very good. Thanks, Wilda. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to read a couple texts. I want to take a cutting from a very old apricot tree, 100 years old in Calgary, before it gets bulldozed. And he said, should I try grafting some on a plum or try rooting the branches? Yeah, it need, it'll need to get grafted onto another tree of some sort, either an apple or a plum. I would probably go onto a crab apple or an existing apple tree. It's just you can't do uh, uh, an apricot to the root. It needs to be grafted onto a hardy root stock and uh, for it to be able to flourish. But that that is a tougher one. Tougher one. There is a guy... In Oktok's um, can graft, Will Belogier, he might be somebody you might want to get in touch with and uh, and give that a try. And one more. I oversprayed Roundup on my sidewalk that has killed the grass on my lawn. What can I do? Resod or is there another option? Thanks for your help, Scott. Depends how far back you, you think you've oversprayed. Because uh, a lot of times, if you just have a few little dead brown spots, it'll fill back in. Just give it a really good raking, and you can put a little bit of soil and grass seed. Again, if you're using our our Green It Up lawn fertilizer, it creates a, a really hardy root, and it, it uh, makes it nice and thick. It'll take over those spots really quick, so it'll recover. So you, you haven't totally killed it. You're lucky that trees are, are, I mean, grass here in Calgary is fairly invasive. So you'll be good to go on all that. And I'm going to take a break, Gord. And uh, when we get back, you'll listen in to 770, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're right full. Good morning, Glenda. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Um, um, where do I begin? About, <laughs> 10 years, <laughs> about 10 years ago, I moved my parents' farmhouse three miles down the road onto a vacant, totally prairie grass property. Yeah. So, as you can well imagine, it's been a landscaping challenge. Anyway, my project for the spring is I've ordered a big yellow bag of soil. Yep. And on the east side of my house, which runs about 30 feet or more, I want to plant rose bushes. But before I put the soil down, how do I, like right now, it's just prairie grass and weeds. How do I get, prepare that um, before I put the soil down? Um, you just want to remove all the weeds and things like that. Um, wait till early spring when it starts. What are you going to grow in there? Like veggies? Rose bushes. Rose bushes. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so if you just see the stuff come up, you can use Roundup in there. And just when the, when the, when you see the green come up, and then that'll go down, let it totally die. And then okay. you can and, and just start fresh from that point. It's just hard when you if you dig up a whole bunch of quack grass, you end up breaking the roots more and more. I know. Do you plan on putting bark mulch over top after or leave it straight soil? Uh, no, I'll put something on there. Do you recommend yeah, bark mulch? Bark mulch is great for roses, it, and it's good for most flower beds, um, except for when if you're growing veggies and things like that, it makes it a little bit tougher. Um, right. But bark mulch is good because it just reduces the heat and it reduces the water that you need to do. It keeps them from drying out. It really helps with the with the stress on your plants. So Great. So... So the Roundup, I have a friend that comes up here from the States, and she's abhorred that I use Roundup because it's illegal down there, right? But 
I no, it's that. not illegal. Some spots it is um, in areas, but no, for the most part, it's still available in most of the places down in the States as well. So. Okay, so the Again, Roundup... It, it, it only kills what it touches, so you got to be careful with it, obviously. Um, yeah. And if you spray it on, it neutralizes when it hits the soil. I wouldn't use it if I'm growing veggies and stuff like that in there, but if right. you're going to be doing roses, if you just spray it on the soil, don't soak it, just spray the plant. You don't need to soak all the soil because it doesn't do anything when it hits the soil. It only attacks the chlorophyll in the plant, so just spray the plants that you're trying to kill. and. Okay. Uh, and it- it's not going to harm the rose bush roots, right? Nope. Where the nope. Roundup was sprayed? Nope. nope, not at all. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right, you're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, Glenda. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Morning, Merle. How can I help you? Last year, I got some lovely tomato plants, and I started them in my usual spot. They, yeah. They, were, they really grew well there, so high and bushy and strong stock and um, I took forever to get the flowers and then the fruit came, that did come it just took forever to turn and uh, next thing I know it was September and the frost was there. Okay, are you what's, are you growing them in the pots or in the ground? Uh, I got them in the pots from you guys and then I put them in the ground and uh, the same spot for the last 20 years it's been rejuvenated okay. and everything. And nice and sunny? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it just seemed they it took. Uh, Last, my neighbors got good tomatoes and I wasn't, and I thought, yeah. am I over fertilizing or not fertilizing enough? Can you over fertilize it? Yeah, absolutely. No, if you and if you fertilize when they're dry, you can burn the roots. Um, so you just got to be careful. I always like to water first. Yeah, and no, then, I had a, a timer with a soaker hose that yeah, worked, perfect. And it, and it uh, they, as I said, the plants themselves were great. It just took, took forever to get the tomatoes and to get them to turn, and I, I thought maybe I should put them in a raised bed and it keeps that the soil definitely, longer. That definitely helps because it helps with uh, keeping the soil warmer as well. That's what I thought because yep. I know in the Okanagan, that's what they say. They grow faster there. Absolutely. The get them in nice big black pots. They grow awesome. So uh, I wouldn't, if I'm just using tomato plants, I wouldn't necessarily have to build a... Uh, no, not that high. If you went up eight inches or something like that, would be lots. And they and I would use a soilless mix. I'd fill it up and then I'd mix. I'd just put in bags of soil into there, yeah. and uh, and then they should just flourish like crazy. The 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 big the pots are big enough, even though if they get a couple of feet high and everything. Yeah, it depends how big a pot it is, right? I've got some black pots that are about eight inch or ten inch across. Yeah, and that's <laughs> but at that point that's that'll do for a bit but when they get when you get into later summer like i like to go into a, like a 20 inch pot if i'm going to leave them in pots okay <clears throat> but putting them back in the ground would not be the best thing to do i don't think. well if you if you do a raised bed if it's nice and sunny but i've seen lots of tomatoes thrive in the ground i i know my father-in-law Addy used to grow them on the south side it looked like old dusty tomato soil and it used to grow like crazy yeah well so- <laughs> mine did the same thing yeah it might have been just a bad year maybe something just affected it but, um, yeah, that's all I can say. Again, feed with 15, 30, 15. They like the high middle number. That'll yeah, help produce roots. I've been roots. using plant prod tomato food for years. Yeah, that's perfect. Well. All right, we'll again. give it a try. Thanks. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, everybody else on hold there. I will get to you if you'd like to hold um, off air. And I'm going to try. I got a lot of text answer, so I'll see if I can get to all of you guys. If not, I apologize. 
And uh, we'll talk again next week here on Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.